Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hello, welcome, and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny, and I'm your host, and we've got lots of information in today's episode, so if you're driving, getting on with other stuff, or just busy uh, doing the housework, whatever it is, you'll find all the links for everything we talk about in the show notes, or better still, why not subscribe to the Saturday Strategy Weekly Email News Update. Now today we're going to be thinking about how we can contact our prospects using uh, the medium of direct mail and this is physical direct mail things sent through the post it's uh, it's a thing that went out of fashion for uh, for a time but is still very much a key part of many companies marketing mix and something that we should all perhaps consider um whether you're a big company whether you're a small company the the ability to be able to reach people with things that are meaningful and can capture their attention and lead to a conversation or a, or a call to action um, to uh, elicit a sale is really good um, if you can send things through the post to them. Today we're really lucky. We've got Hannah Montgomery with us. Hannah's a seasoned marketing professional, fifteen years in the in the advertising industry, working both in-house and also for herself. Uh, she runs a business called Gold Dust Marketing and focuses very much on direct mail and helping companies to really maximize the impact of their activities around events. So today we're going to be really taking a, a, a good close look at what traditional and maybe some non-traditional direct mail campaigns can look like and how we can actually make them work. And, you know, just revisiting whether whether there's even a place for direct mail in our businesses. Hannah, welcome to Saturday Strategy. Thank you for having me on, Johnny. Appreciate it. No problem. Hannah, I think you probably heard the introduction there, so I don't really want to ask particularly any more questions. Uh, you know, tell, tell us, direct mail, what, what do we need to know? Some people don't even know what direct mail is. So sometimes you call it direct mail, sometimes you call it direct marketing, and people seem slightly bamboozled by it. It's something that is directly given to you. So there's two forms of direct marketing, direct mail. You have a hard copy, which is something physical, tangible that lands in front of you, or electronic direct mail, which is an email that comes through to you. But there's all different forms of direct mail. You can have brochures, letters, flyers newsletters, catalogues, postcards, coupons. So when you bootstrop those coupons that are personalized through the door, that's a direct mail piece, whether you know it or not, packages. So there's lots of different variants that direct mail covers, but it's something that's either hard or electronic that's directed personally to you. Okay. And is this is this really the preserve of large companies? Large companies use it. Google use direct mail um <laughs> they're huge um you've got royal mail obviously they incentivize people to use direct mail think about the amount of emails that you get through i you have to sign up for them now because of gdpr and the protection in terms of personal data but every everybody utilizes in their marketing mix um direct mail especially once you've already been a customer yeah We'll come back to that one in a minute because I think there's a lot we can talk about with that. Let's just stick on the the, the physical direct mail just for a minute because I'm I'm I am intrigued by that. I, I think 
Um, it's made, would I be right in saying it's made it somewhat of a resurgence recently? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I think through COVID and everything, we've seen that people buy on their feelings, how they feel. I mean, we're scared, let's buy some toilet roll. So if something makes someone feel more valued and loved, even if it's on a subconscious level, then they're going to remember and it's going to make conversations easier. So I am definitely seeing more companies engaging with hard copy, clever direct marketing campaigns because of the results that they okay. do. And how are small companies using that, Hannah? Um, different ways. I've got, you can target direct marketing campaigns in very different ways. So for instance, one of my clients was trying to target Festival Republic. So they were literally only targeting that company. They were starting a new company called My Festival Bag that was basically the hassle-free movement of camping equipment to and from a festival. Um, and we wanted to launch it with the largest camping festival provider in the UK, which contrary to belief that you would initially think, it's not Glastonbury, it's Festival Republic. They have Red, uh, Leeds, Reading, Latitude, Download, Wireless, they have tons. So we wanted to speak to the CEO and the head of sustainability there. So it was literally just targeted to those people, but we didn't just send it to them. We sent it to everybody in the company and almost made it viral that then made it easier to speak to who we wanted to. So that's some companies are using it just to get one specific target. So it's quite a lot of resource, but it, it gave a great return or targeting specific industries. So, I've got one customer that's um, a commercial boiler. They they fix and they fit commercial boilers and they do it all over the UK and they do it for anyone and everyone. But we were targeting specifically schools and we did a piece that looked like a ladybird book and the premise was the golden locked head teacher in the three schools. It was like Goldilocks and the three bears because the personalization of the direct mail is vastly important and there's correlations between the more personalized it is the better result that you're going to get okay so that is that is that classic thing of a, an audience of one person speaking directly to mrs smith who's the head teacher of you know saint patrick's primary school yeah absolutely okay where do you get that data from hannah are we talking about bought lists here are they are they any good some some are good some are really poor um, I would say, collate your own data, don't buy like data lists. In an ideal world, it will be people that you've researched yourself, that you've got their data. And also there's the, the buy-in of, you have to have permission to use that data. So you have to know where you've got that data from and that there's a legitimate business interest if it's a B2B client as to why you're approaching them. You can, you can get mailing list brokers that can rent you the, the data. You can also get data from magazines, colleges and universities sometimes offer data out. Credit card companies you can go to to get certain data if you're going more B2C. Um, phone companies can give you data but since GDPR law came firmly <laughs> into place um, there's a lot more restrictions about direct mail going out to B2C. Okay but in a B2B world Broadly speaking, are you saying we, we want to prefer quality over quantity? Yeah, absolutely. Well, how I speak to my customers when we're, we're trying to brainstorm who they're trying to target, say they've got a um, budget of 10 grand. And I'm only saying this because it's easy maths for me. <laughs> not many people have 10 grand just to spend on a direct marketing campaign. That's not, that's not the point. But instead of sending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds 
and then not even being able to do the follow-up and hoping someone calls you or have 10 targets that you send that you spend a thousand pounds on through that year sending them different really personalized bespoke direct marketing campaigns you've done the due diligence you know they've got the money you know that they're your ideal type that you'd be able to add some value to them why not focus on the people that you really want to get in front of as opposed to just being a headless chicken and just throwing stuff at everyone and just hoping for the best send higher quality stuff more targeted stuff to people that you actually want to work with okay okay so i'd be interested if we could just explore those bits so number one you know what we send because it sounds like you're quite creative on that one and and i'm always a bit skeptical about being too clever um so so how do we find something that's creative and and captures the imagination without being silly and and secondly um about how we actually make those contacts to how we get those um actual people and it'd be really good to understand what we should have in terms of some expectations in terms of returns I, I i remember way 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 back when just being told in a in a lecture somewhere when i was about 20 years old direct mail two percent response rate that's what it is uh, and i know that's not necessarily true you know you just told me you sent out a direct mail to somebody to speak to two people and did you get to speak to both of them eventually yeah so i got to so, speak to the first target but then eventually we had a meeting with the ceo yeah so that's a hundred percent success rate so so you know so it, it it's it, it's those stats and those metrics would be really good to understand and to dive into a little bit let's take the first one of those what do we send it depends on the target completely so when i first found my absolute love for direct mail because i got to do it and it was giving great returns was when i was working for an it company that sold it into health and social care that monitored the delivery of care um, and in that industry it's quite uh, straight laced and all of the literature was rather samey and had very corporate guidelines that it would adhere to which is perfectly fine um, and we were looking to grow quite quickly and i said to the managing director you've got to let me play with the brand guidelines but in direct mail because it's just a one-off campaign and then it's not attached to anything else and if i can prove that this is giving a good return then will you allow me and he did because you're allowed to have a little bit of fun with the direct marketing campaigns that's the whole point once you've established your brand which that company had we could have a little bit of a play um but marketing effort Combined with the sales effort that then, you know, the sales go through from the marketing opening the doors, 30% year on year growth, including in the recession. From and that campaign. From all the campaigns. But the direct marketing was the, the cherry on the cake. Mm. One, of, one of the campaigns, so we were trying to mainly target local authorities, which are quite hard to target anyway. And you think that they've got certain, they can't be seen to be coerced. They can't take any, you know, chocolates or anything. You can't send them really anything. So... We figured out, I sat down with one of the business development managers and we'd seen that we had, we were looking at Somerset Council and we had every single council around it within a certain parameter. So we sent an A3 rolled up wanted poster that said, you're conspicuous by your absence, you're wanted. Um, we work with 84 of the local authorities and we kind of had a little map that showed them being surrounded and the, the spike in the middle going that we need you and then we got one of their neighboring authorities um to put a really nice quote about the benefits of working for with us and then put more benefits claim your cost savings reward speak to whoever on on this number and we sent them in a like a, a circular um, a tube 
um, through the post recorded delivery and um, we made that go viral as well that is such an important point don't just send it to the person that you want to open it because they're normally quite busy if you can send it to the PA someone in accounts someone in every other department and they all land on one day and if they're signed for and there's the theatre in the office of oh what have you got Sandra what have you got then whoever you're trying to talk to will inevitably have to look at it because everyone will be going have you got one of these have you got one of these and they'll just be talking about it and you'll kind of cause hype in the office and you'll make it go viral in the office i just can't recommend anything better so i'm listening to this now hannah and i'm thinking to myself brilliant but it sounds gimmicky how do i how do i make it not gimmicky how do i keep it serious because if i've got a serious company or you know i might not be serious i might not be serious in myself but i'm serious about what i do Mm -hmm. How do I how do I not undermine my brand with being gimmicky and and flippant? Yeah, it depends on what what you're trying to to say. Really, we've had um, ones where we try and show that we're growing with a company, so it's trees, and then the leaves change into different areas and stuff like that. But it's always slightly gimmicky to get attention. Now you can dress it in a less cartoon-esque way it depends on the imagery that you're using and the language that you're using to depict it but it's always got to be slightly gimmickly even the one for um festival republic we didn't even tell them what we did we just outlined their problem so they've got to adhere to the sustainability some kind of sustainability pledge by 2021 and all festivals have to do it so we just literally outlined their problem and said we were going to call them at this time. But the gimmick of it was that there were paper musical notes that came out of it. Hmm. It's, it's something that's got to create a reaction. Everybody gets postcards and I've, I've got postcards that have good return. One postcard that we did for a SEO agency. So they wanted to highlight their search engine optimization services and lots of web agencies and development agencies digital agencies are trying to offer that service so the um budget that we had was rather low for printing and sending them out so we just did an a5 double-sided postcard and it was based on the premise of where's wally mm. um and the they had an avatar which was their company mascot so it was where's brian because it was named brian from the life of brian um because they are techie geeky people in their own words so the maze was the google maze and you kind of had to look on the front it looked like a depiction of a where's wally scene you had to find brian and you know finding your company is just like finding where's wally on the internet um could you find brian we'll help you find brian in one of their search terms which was um seo staffordshire we said just google seo staffordshire we know we'll be at the top you'll get all of our details there or we're here to show that they do what they say um but that once again is slightly gimmicky all of them that get a decent response rate to a degree are a, are a gimmick so there's some psychology involved there probably in terms of getting a response how how, how does that work is is that something you're able to yeah tell us about? I, I i actually got sent um recently some research that millwood brown and um Bangor university had done for the royal mail so We've kind of got to keep an open view and an open mind that the Royal Mail were paying for this. <laughs> but maybe it was a little bit skewed, but the, the science is definitely there. Um, talking about how tangible materials, so hard copy stuff, leave a deeper footprint in the brain. So their research strongly suggests that greater emotional processing is facilitated by the phys physical material than actual virtual thing. So hang on, let me get some stats. 
Research suggests that the audience recalled brands 75% of the time when viewing the direct marketing um, material in hard copy in comparison to the digital content of 44%. So Bangor University put them in like an MRI scanning machine yep. to, to see the actual effects on the brain. It was quite fascinating. So it, yeah. the, the memory and the brand association is vastly mm. more than with an email. Yeah. And I suppose this isn't an isolation, is it? You would, you would want to include this as part of another campaign, wouldn't you? So if you've got a, a website on there, you need a really good landing page to steer people towards that they, that, that has a strong call to action to, to allow people to buy or to book a meeting or whatever that call to action is. It, it is, is that something you experience as a, as a problem that people have disjointed campaigns? Often, yeah. <laughs> Some say someone will just love doing one thing. Everything has to be weaved throughout the whole marketing mix. So, for instance, some some of my clients have wanted a campaign that lasts all year. So there's just something in a box that their business development managers can grab when they're finding it hard to get past a gatekeeper. So it's got to be relatively generic. And um, one of them was based on Quality Street, and it was called Quality Service, and it looked like a sweet menu because you could pick and mix their solutions to get an end result. Um, but then they they had a specific landing site on the web page that when they got that direct mail piece, it would send them to a specific landing page that they wouldn't be able to get through to on the website any other way. So we'd be able to tell if the hard copy direct marketing campaign was delivering return than just asking them on the phone as well. So we could mm. track everything a little bit more. But also if you just went onto the homepage, one of the rolling banner was talking about quality service when we went to exhibitions that would be there'd be quality street and the quality service would be on our banners of, of some description all the advertising that we did in hard copy press had the quality service element for those 12 months the email footers the whole company had so for that 12 months that campaign was adhered to and rolled out over everything because people need you know five to eight different touch points to kind of know, like, and trust you. So it's just reinforcing the message over and okay. over again. Yeah, it needs to be joined up for sure. Okay, really good. So how does that affect the response rates then? Let's, let's, let's dive into that then and, and test my, my old college lecturer's <laughs> wisdom from, you know, 1980-something. So, with, with, you know, how, how, do we, how do we look at response rates? What, 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 what does good look like? Depends on the industry, really, on, on what average open rates are. But it depends if it's hard copy, depends if it's going to be to be. But hang on, I've got some stats here. Did you know 66% of direct mail uh, throughout the UK are opened, uh, also influencing a staggering 56% of audience to visit both online and physical stores following the exposure. And this I got from... DMA, which used to be called the Direct Marketing or the Direct Mail Association and changed to Data and Marketing Association um, in the last year, year two mm -hmm. years. Um, so it's kosher facts. You're saying that, that, that people pick this stuff up, they look at it, they handle it, and they may not respond there and then is what is, is what you're saying but if this is all joined up when they receive the email they're more likely to read the email and when they see the um when they see the the the, the, the link on the website they're more likely to 
recognize these things if it's if it's all joined up yeah absolutely that's what that's what this is saying and okay. i believe it because the so how do i go about planning a campaign like this where, where would i start if i'm a maybe i'm a i'm a cynic and i've not done direct mail before i'm not direct mail campaigns before i'm thinking actually let's let's think about sending something to a few people how do i start that and, and have a go at it without blowing my budget before you even think about what you're doing data figure out that you've got the data otherwise what's the point you could do the best most creative most persuasive campaign and if you have no one to send it to it's a waste of your life so data for sure but then figuring out how you're going to target so direct mail is a bit like advertising but unlike advertising that has to speak to absolutely everybody and i hope that the target market will hear that message direct mail speaks only to those buyers most likely to want or need what you're promoting at the time so that's why direct mail is considered to be more efficient than just advertising as a whole but the key mm. is in the list in the data so defining your target so if you're b2b it's slightly different to b2c but it's still you've got to almost visualize that person so what what is their gender on average what kind of age is it what kind of income level what kind of education level because you don't want to be using language that makes them feel out of sync we were selling a lot um tech products but we were selling them into local authorities for and the, the demographic in which we were selling it into were scared of tech and didn't understand tech so if you used you know lang techie language it would scare so you've kind of got to define your market and know exactly who you're doing to understand the demographics okay that's great so hannah just summing it up then how do we um so so making a start on this is about getting the list together i think earlier on you said you know build your own list and find your own contacts and do some research so the quality of the list thinking about doing something creative getting inside the prospect's head you i think you were you were saying and then how do i measure the results afterwards what's what's the what's the trick with that to know if it's been in, effective or not it's all about the follow-up the most effective campaigns have a follow-up so the best return on investment that i've had in terms of a campaign that i've personally done is seven thousand one hundred and eighty five percent and that is as the cost of the product baseline was three thousand six hundred pounds as a base <laughs> so it depends on how much the product it costs if you're selling a pen pen that's 10p it might not be cost effective to do a direct marketing campaign because how many would you have to sell so before you even do it i would understand how many you need to how many units of whatever you're selling or how many services you need to sell before you get that return and if it's feasible and if you've got the data to send it to to follow it up but on average um when you do the follow-up it kind of halves and halves and halves again so if it's a product that they actually need which in the tech division that we were in it was a product that was in need because it was mandated by the cqc but we'd have 50 percent that would then lead to meetings and then on average we'd have 25 percent to 10 percent that then converted to sales but that would be followed up with a phone call so say you send a handful on the Monday and you know that on the Wednesday you're going to have the time to do those calls because they need to be fresh in someone's mind as well. Hannah, I feel like I've just made you race through a subject that you could talk about all day and we really haven't done it justice because it's it's enormous, isn't it? And I'd, I'd really like to um, hear more from you at some stage, but if I'm if I'm listening to this right now and I'm thinking, 
I'm going to give direct mail a go. I could really do with picking Hannah's brains. I could really see if maybe if Gold Dust Marketing could help us. How do people find you? Um, on the website, which is just golddust.marketing, or they could email me, hannah at golddust.marketing. I've got um, an offer. I've started a new arm up called Golddust Direct. Um, and for people that just want to test it but don't want to have huge campaigns, we can. I've got... Well, think moon pig for business i've got four templates of a design that you can bespoke to have your own company logo on and tweak the messages on there to show the benefits of your service or product that i then get printed on full color double-sided a5 postcard and sent out for you for 50 prospects via the royal mail and that is 199 pounds so it's Great. a really affordable way to trial direct marketing hannah we'll make sure we've got all the links to that in the show notes. Um, Hannah, thanks very much for your time today. It's been really generous of you to share your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, if you're listening and thinking this is for you, really do get in touch with Hannah or take a look at her website and reach out. I'm sure there's a lot of value you could get for your company. Cheers, Johnny. Thank you. So that's it for this edition of Saturday Strategy. Thank you so much for sticking with us to the end. And thank you, Hannah, for that information about Um, direct mail really useful um, tips in there and uh, do reach out to Hannah if you need more information if you want to contact me you can find me on whatsapp using 07977 437360 that's my personal number so it'll definitely get through thanks again until next time and remember if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts